Hello there, Lou Conran here and welcome to my podcast, How's Your Week Been? This is a weekly rom, or whenever I remember to record it, through the minutiae of my life, with the occasional email from you, the listener, to make me feel just that little bit better about my own misgivings. So why not grab yourself a cuppa, have a listen, and let me know how your week's been on info at louconran.com, or simply spend the next 30 minutes thanking your lucky stars that you're not me. Thank you. Hello, it is I, it is Lou. Um, well, how are you, how are you? And how has your week been? Let me just give you the, um, the lowdown of the, the vista of the scenario this morning. I'm sitting in my little office room. It's shiting it down with rain outside. Somebody is drilling over the back of the house. Don't know what they're doing. I can hear them, but I can't fucking see them. So, um, so that'll no doubt irritate me through progressively throughout this recording. I would imagine. Um, what else? Oh, I'm sat in my um, Villanelle pajamas. Uh, and my dressing gown festering in my own stench as is my want so there you go that's the that's the vista that's what I'd like you to imagine while you're listening to this doing whatever it is you're doing if you're driving hey guys stay safe yeah I watched Shirley Valentine over the weekend and it is one of my favorite films well so I thought but you know when you watch something like a million years ago and then you re-watch it and sort of thinking oh my god I love this and then you watch it and you go well I don't remember that and I certainly don't remember when that happened brilliant film I'd love to go and see the play actually I think Sheridan Smith is doing it in the west of end I think isn't it sad like I used to always panic when I watched that film um about the fact that I was going to end up like that and it's about Shirley Valentine who is 42 years old right and when I first watched this film, I was like, oh, my God, the woman is practically dead. She is so old. Her life is over. She's making chips and egg for her miserable husband. Oh, that poor woman. She might as well die. Now, here I am at the tender age of 49. Admittedly, as I've already said, I am festering in my own stench in my pyjamas and my dressing gown. But, you know, I'm allowed to. But that worry that I used to have back in the 90s or whenever that film was made about me ending up as um, a miserable housewife, well, couldn't be further from the truth, could it? Well, I'm li- I, I mean, I don't make chips and egg. I do make eggs. I love eggs. Um, boiled, preferably. I've got my egg boiling machine. I don't do chips, unlike my gentleman caller who's addicted to chips and so much so we've got a fish and chip van booked to supply the food at the wedding. Of course we have. Bloody loves chips. Um, For me, chips always smell better than they taste. I don't know. Sue me. All right, guys. Anyway, Shirley Valentine. There she is in her kitchen and all happiness and light when she first married her husband, whatever his name was. Um, And then there she is making his dinner all really depressing and then she goes off to Greece and rediscovers herself I think I did that when I went to Australia a few years ago I rediscovered myself so yeah maybe I'm a little bit like Shirley Valentine don't know what I'm saying didn't entirely uh, intend to start like this but it just popped into my little head while I was looking out across the um, 
the back of the house and looking at the rain and the grey skies thinking, oh God, I could be Shirley Valentine right now, but I'm not, I'm on top of the wheels. When I'm not doing this, carry on, carrying on making my bunting. Uh, the house at the moment is looks like um, a sweat factory uh, of uh, fabric. There's bits of cotton all over the floor. It it looks like I've had a breakdown in a haberdashery shop, which actually I have. So I bloody love it though. You know, I mean, I've got a tour show to write. I've got you. Know, I've got commitments at gigs and things, but currently my favourite thing is the bunting. I mean, it's creative, isn't it? It is creative. What have I been doing? Well, um, she says, reading her little list. Well, I went to do, um, I did Best of All the week before last, and then I did the last festival uh, this year, and hopefully of my entire life, uh, last week in a festival called Lost Village Festival in Lincolnshire. Now, I've already expressed my disinterest of festivals um, already on many an occasion through various podcasts. For me, I don't like the uh, the atmosphere. I don't like because it worries me that I'm going to get sort of dragged into a shrub somewhere by some people off their tits on drugs and I'll be made to snort things and take things that I don't want to do. I'm allergic to the jelly in a party pork pie. I do not need to take some ketamine. Thank you very much. Uh, And Lost Village, I wasn't aware of this, but is a dance festival. So everyone literally is off their face on the drugs. As I said, I find that very intimidating. It was very middle class as well. Um, Not a huge amount of diversity, which is always a bit of a shocker when you turn up to a festival and you think, oh my God, this is is where white people go to be white and on drugs. White and on drugs. Mm. Now there's a show to do in the Edinburgh Festival. Would anyone come and watch that? Yeah, of course they bloody would. Are you white? Are you on drugs? Yeah, get in here. But it's a shocker, isn't it? The the lack of diversity at these festivals. And I know it in, it is entirely up to the individual who goes to these things, but well. She says taking a sip of very hot tea. Sometimes it's a bit of a worry as as a comedian. You look out at your audience and you think, Oh gosh, here we all are again. <clears throat> Where is the diversity? Well, I got to the festival, it was nice. Matt Richardson was emceeing, who's a superb MC, a superb comedian, um, as it goes. And there was a couple of other people on, and then um, my gentleman caller was on as well. And I have to say, ladies and gentle fellows, well, I got out onto that stage and I looked across the audience, who were mainly, there was a few people my age, I think, but there was mainly sort of kids that Daddy had paid for them to go Uh, as a well done on their A-level results Um, and most of those kids didn't know what the fuck had happened when I walked on stage talking about my tits and fanny. Now I like to educate the younger woman because I feel nobody did that to me, nobody told me what I was going to have to expect but let me just put it this way, those young ladies in that crowd, well they were more interested in taking drugs and getting fingered than listening to the potentials of what was going to happen to them as, as an older age 
And let's put it this way, if they'd have carried on taking the amount of drugs that I think they were all on, they wouldn't get to this age. <laughs> Goodness me. Another sip of hot tea. Mm. I was never into drugs, you see. Never into drugs. Not my bag at all. Um, I'm sure I've said it before, but I did smoke the weed once, which um, on one occasion did end up... Um, just hugging a fridge for about three hours because I didn't know what to do with myself. My friend had to prise my fingers off around the edge. So maybe I was experiencing a whitey, I think they call it, or or maybe I really just had the munches but didn't quite know how to get into the fridge to receive the joyous goods. Don't know. Never been my thing. I had a friend, well, like in the 90s when I was at college and that, everybody was off their chops. But I remember Leah Betts. Yes. you. For those of you that don't remember Leah Betts, well, she took an ecstasy or something in a nightclub and she did die because she did drink too much water because she was thirsty from the drug and from the dancing. I am an idiot, but I am, I, I'm, I have an element of self-awareness, not very much. In fact, very little self-awareness, really, which is why the other day, a, a gig at the Frog and Bucket, these women shouted at me to take my bra off, and I found myself actually taking my bra off. Yes! And then I stopped myself, which back in the day would not have happened. I'd have got them la-las out quick as you like, but I managed at the age of 49 for the first time on stage, after being instructed to do something like that, I managed to edit myself and stop it. Nobody needs to see 49-year-old tits swinging about scraping on the stage, do they? No. And I sometimes like to think that I do have a sort of an element of dignity. Very rare. Very rare. For my gentleman caller, who I know will be listening to this, I'm aware that you are laughing and I'm aware that you have just rolled your eyes at the mere thought of me having any form of dignity. Mm. I had nice gigs, actually, over the weekend. Frog and Bucket in Manchester can be a little bit lively. It can be a little bit um, spit and sawdust. But I'm, I'm telling you now, I had a wonderful time. Pride weekend was on. Everybody was on a, a, in a good mood. And, um, yeah, well, I had a lovely set of gigs. Yeah, if you've not been to the Frog and Bucket in Manchester, Ford upon Thames, I think you should go. Mm, another sip of very hot tea. Um, now then, the big thing for me to tell you about um, today. I've been having a lot of anxiety dreams. Oh, but Lou, what have you got to be anxious about? Well, let me tell you this. If I'm not dreaming about babies, which for obvious reasons, if you know my backstory, then that constantly happens. I dreamt the other day that I dropped a baby on its face and um, gravy came out. Yeah. Well, it looked like gravy. It wasn't blood. I don't know what it was, but dropped a baby on its face and loads of gravy came out. So that's, um, what does that tell you? Baby gravy, jizz. Oh, there you go. Finally made the connection. Um, but no, I've been having anxiety dreams about the wedding, right? Now, it's all done. It's all booked and it's all sorted. So I don't have any anxiety about that thus far. But what I do have anxiety about is... Oh, how am I going to have my hair? I know, I know. Some would suggest, oh, maybe she's anxious about marrying the GC. Oh, no. Get that done. Get it signed, sealed, delivered. Thank you. Let's make it a fish. 
I have waited a long time to find that hunk of spunk. Not letting that go, thank you. But I, I'm I'm anxious about how to have my hair. And the dream that I had last night, and I do have very vivid dreams. The dream I had last night, so I was back combing the hair. Um, and then I was spraying it within an inch of its life. And then I'd sprayed it too stiff. So then I couldn't mould the hair to how I wanted the hair. Then I had three different outfits. In the dream, the GC had gone off in a Luton van to go and pick up some wine and fizz and all that malarkey. And then he'd come back and seen me in a, my blue polka dot dress with my hair all over the place. And then I panicked. I thought, well, it's bad luck now. He's seen me in my dress. But that's not what I'm wearing for the wedding, you see. So, you know, sometimes in dreams where you you know that something's not right, but you're dreaming it, so you just go along with it. Well, yeah, could I get that hair to do what I wanted it to do? No. And then in the end, I spent so much time doing my hair that eventually most of the guests came into my room where I was getting ready to uh, just hang out and watch me do my hair. Yeah, I know. It's bloody bonkers, isn't it? I mean, what a what a ridiculous scenario. I mean, most of the guests, and then for some reason there was Rob Mulholland in my room, who is a comedian. He's nearly seven foot tall, and he's a lanky string of piss, but he's very funny. He's very lovely. But in my bedroom, all of a sudden, I had a fridge, and in that fridge were loads of bottles of vodka. So I was necking shots of vodka whilst trying to do my hair and in the end I just shouted out of the window oh just start without me start the wedding start the wedding without me I'll be down when I'm down oh all right then Lou yeah don't get married then anyway I woke up eventually um looked over in the bed to see where the GC was wasn't fucking there maybe I maybe maybe I had subliminally dreamt that he'd fucked off Anyway, he had fucked off. I assumed to go to PE or something because eventually when I did rise, uh, he was downstairs. He does like to go to PE. It's not for me. I've joined a gym once. I've got, it makes me very aggressive. It's not for me. I feel very resentful of the fact that I have to go to a gym. I mean, come on, guys. You don't look this good by going to a fucking gym, do you? No. <laughs> oh. Anyway, what else have I been doing? Oh, I've been creating. I'm making little gifts for my Patreon people. So I'm not going to tell you what those little gifts are, but I like to paint and um, and I like to create, obviously, with the bunting extraordinaire. Uh, it's not bunting, by the way, for the Patreons. It's not bunting. It's something else, but it does involve um, creating. So you're going to have to wait a while for those, but it, it's all in hand. Thank you. If you want to join the Patreon to get your own little gift then bloody well do otherwise I wouldn't bother don't worry about it uh and what else have I been doing oh my god well oh yeah that was the other dream I had yes 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 had a dream that my friend's child um I had a dream that I was swimming from an island to the mainland (laughs) fill in the blanks I think it was Jersey I was swimming from Jersey. Now, I can't really swim. So this is... Oh, that was it. I was swimming from Jersey and then I was panicking because I couldn't swim. So then I got on the back of my sister 
and she swam across from Jersey to the mainland. Now, you don't know my sister. Of course you don't, but my sister is thin. She is a rake. So to have me as a unit on her back would have been like a... Like? Would have been like um, like one of them giant tortoises, I would imagine. Poor Nicola. So she swims a- across the sea with me on her back, right? apparently very easily because it didn't take that long got off the other end to where my friends Sue and April were with their wonderful children and their son said to me oh I need to have a word with you now bearing in mind he's six right he said I need to have a word with you in a very serious way he climbed on to me like um like children do you know and I was sort of holding him like a rucksack and he whispered in my ear Make sure it's banana bread for my birthday. Now, am I receiving divine intervention here in one way, shape or form? Am I, am I getting messages from, am I via ESP? Is their child begging me to have a word with the parents about the type of cake that he wants for his birthday? We just don't know, do we? But what I have done as a good citizen, I messaged them the next day and I said, don't shoot the messenger, but I've been told that your child would like banana bread for his birthday. Listen, it's my job to pass on messages. That's that's all I can do. I'm here. This is I've got my vehicle of the podcast to pass on messages. That's the least I can do. Banana bread for the kid, please. You, my friends, are very welcome. Uh, but now, let's go to your emails. I do waffle at these things, don't I? But I just enjoy it. It's just a little bit of me time in my room. Oh, Emily is back. Emily is back. Hey, Lou. Hi, Emily. I've finally signed up to your Patreon page. What? Say what? Ah, oh, here's my address for the... Oh, for the gift. There we go. Lovely. Thought I'd send you another picture of my other tattoo for I got I got for my 21st birthday. It just makes people smile a lot. Ha <laughs> ha Well, that's brilliant. That is brilliant for the listener. Emily has sent me a picture of her tattoo, which happens to be a... Poirot-esque moustache along, uh, what is it, the inside of her first thing finger. So, And she's showing me a picture of her with her finger on her top lip, making it look like she's got a little tiny dash under her nose. That, my friend, is genii. Abs- oh, my God. I could get that done for the wedding, couldn't I? Maybe not on my finger, but maybe on my top lip. <laughs> Oh, that would make me piss if I just turn up and I've all of a sudden got a moustache on my wedding day. Emily, that is genius. Oh, and Lou, there's another email from Emily. She continues, oh, and Lou, we are so taking you surfing. It's great fun. Emily, you're fucking not. Can you imagine me on a surfboard? My tits alone would weigh that bastard down. I've got very heavy breasticles, Emily. There's no way I would float. Sometimes, you know, when you think, oh, God, when people make those jokes, oh, she's got massive poops. Oh, I bet she floats in the sea. No, I, I don't. They are heavy matter. In fact, I would go as far as to say they would drown me within um, a heartbeat. Yeah. 
Mahoose. Sometimes I like to get the gentleman caller just to stand behind me and just to hold them up while um, while I just take a little weight off. A little. We have tried to weigh my breasts before, but um, well, broke the scales. Actually, what we could do is have one tit on one set of scales because he's got scales, but he likes to be weighed in kgs. I don't understand the kg. I like your traditional stone, thanks. So maybe I could put one tit on his scales and one tit on my scales um, and see how much in stones and kgs the breasticles actually weigh. There we go. Writing that down. Note to self, weigh tits. I like a to-do list. That, my friends, top of the to-do list. Weight it's, there you go, in kgs and stones. Anyone care to have a stab in the dark as to how much they think the breasticles are going to weigh? My boobies used to be the same size, but now one is definitely bigger. I'm not going to tell you which ones because next time I see you at a gig, you'll be staring at them trying to work out which one it is. I am not. I am not having that. Another sip of mildly warm tea now. Right, who's next? Thank you, Emily. You're ve- Should I go surfing with Emily? I have done wakeboarding before. Is that similar? Mm. This is about how many, about 20 odd years ago when I was going out with a bloke called Nobrot Scott. I'll leave you to work out why. And we went to a holiday park in, where the flipping heck was it? Where they filmed Brief Encounter. Kamar, not Carmarthen. Was it Carmarthen? Anyway, there we go. Went to a holiday village with him and his entire family. You know when you know it's over. You know when it, you know it's over. When you don't really want to get to know the family. You don't really want to make friends and with the with the mum and the dad because you just think this is never gonna last you know when you get that little niggle in the back of your mind no don't get too close because inevitably this is coming to an end Mm, nearly did because he put me on a wakeboard I am scared of drowning (laughs) I am scared of drowning do you know what I found more challenging getting in the fucking wetsuit that was the hardest thing known to man. Uh, you know the film Fight Club? Well, that was me, trying to wrestle into one of them bastards. It's not a joy. And all you, all I could think of was, I know people wee in these. So, and I know you get dragged around in the pond thing, lake thing, whatever. But that's not going to flush out urination from some scuzzy person that's peed themselves down it. And I say that because I knew that I would be one of those people. Yep. So anyway, so it gets me on this, I've never done anything like that before. I've never been water skiing or or done anything sporty like that. Well, I tell you what, I was shitting myself. But you can't say that, can you? You can't say, oh, I don't want to do this because I'm shitting myself when the entire family has gone water skiing and skateboarding, um, not skateboarding, wakeboarding. I didn't go wakeboarding, it was skate, uh, um, water skiing. Sorry, I lied. Uh, but when everybody, when his 70-year-old mother has bloody well done it, you can't just suddenly go, no, I can't do it because I'm shitting myself. Well, oh, bloody, this is fucking pop-off has done it, so should, so should I. 
I knew I was so scared of dying. I was in the water. I had to learn the dif- had to learn the difference. You're not allowed to say go or no. You could say because they sound the same. So when they shout at you, "Are you ready?" You're supposed to say something like go. But if you want to stop, you say stop. I mean, the logic there is incredible, isn't it? Anyway, so I was so petrified of dying that I was like, go, and then they pulled me along. Well, fuck me, I got up first time. Yes, I'm telling no lies. I got up first time. We went around this lake. I was so scared of drowning. I have never concentrated harder on anything in my entire life. I adopted the brace position. I looked like a woman that was constantly shitting her way around the the lake thing. I was in this sort of bent position where my, my knees were squatted, my ass was out. Um, I looked like I was doing a ski slalom. Ski slalom, ski slalom. But on, a, a, on water skis um, and uh, my posture was terrible. Uh, absolutely ter- terrified. Fell in at the end. And then they all went, oh, well, you've done it now. I was like, yeah, I have, yeah. Then I set the alarm off on the car and um, uh, it took two hours to find the keys to turn to turn that off. Anyway, there you go. Relationship ended pretty soon after that. He was a mad man. He was a mad man. I mean, very sweet in his own fucked up way, but... We, did, we made a film, actually. Not like that. Not like... Oh, actually, I say that. No, we didn't. But my... Okay, so two things. Um, me and my friend Becky Big Baps, we wrote a little sort of pilot thing for a competition at the BBC in Manchester. I was living down south and she was in Manchester. We wrote this thing and it was based on the characters of Guess Who. And it was based on, like, what are they doing now? And it was called Life on the Game. I was Maria. I was great. And Nobrot Scott was in the film that we made and he played Bernard, like a Russian-y hat type thing, very long face, big nose, right? Um, and Scott was in it and we just, all we needed him to do was I did the scene and at the end of it I pick up a biscuit, start eating a biscuit and he was supposed to say, can I have a biscuit? And we rehearsed, all good, can I have a biscuit? No, you can't, thank you very much. And then it came to the actual filming. I did the scene. I got a biscuit. And then for no reason, he just went, Could I have a biscuit? No, you can't. No. Could I have a biscuit? So we stopped. We we re-rehearsed. No, this is how you say it. Can I have a biscuit? Very simple. That's very easy. Okay. I do the scene, action, do the scene, da 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 at the end. Can I have a biscuit? In the end, we had to dub over his voice saying, can I have a biscuit? Because it just went on and on and on. And it was his house we were using, so, so to be fair, couldn't really annoy him. Can I have a biscuit? Uh, anyway, and the um, now, talking about the porn. We Right. So we had friends that lived down the road. My mate Fiola, not Fiona, Fiola. She's Icelandic. All right, back off. She lived down the road, right? And we were having a joke. We were in Scott's house. She was in her house. 
And then we were sort of like texting and stuff and having a bit of banter. And she was with a friend of hers and I was saying, what are you doing? She was like, oh, we're watching porn, which wouldn't have surprised me, actually. And then so me and Scott decided that we were going to pretend that we were going to make a porn film uh, and that she could watch it. So what we did is I filmed him ironing to a tune of uh, Fatboy Slim can't remember which one it was the famous one don't know he called himself fat boy fat right i filmed him ironing and then that was it and then what we did is we ordered a taxi with the bearing in mind that we're pissed and this is like midnight uh we ordered a taxi got a taxi and um went round to fiola's house made the taxi driver knock on the door and say uh i have been asked to give you this from louise right while me and Scott hid around the corner of the building. So we're watching her answering the door, taking this videotape. And so then the taxi driver obviously thinks we're fucking mental, which, you know, to be fair, we we were. And then me and him sat underneath her living room window while they put the tape on. And she they, the discussion was something like oh my God, I can't believe they've actually done it. And then there was a discussion as to whether they were actually going to watch it because they neither of them really wanted to see their friends having intercourse. Nobody does really, do they? Unless you're a perv or into threesomes or foursomes or you don't care. Uh, anyway, so eventually they went, oh yeah, well, they've sent it round now. And then they popped it on and then Fat Boy Fat was ironing. Oh, then we knocked on the door and, uh, oh, much hilarity ensued, I can tell you. Right, here we go. Uh, Mark Watson, email from Mark. Thank you, Marky Mark. Dearest Lou, I love that. That's brilliant, isn't it? Dearest Lou, hope you're having a good week. Well, I think I am, actually. I've had a pretty good one so far. Well, I'm very pleased to hear that, Mark. Finally organised a catch-up with fellow playgrounders. Uh, for the listener, Playground was um, the online gigs that Sarah Millican organised, which myself and Sally Ann Hayward um, emceed. Finally organised a catch-up with fellow Playgrounders Tim with his disco gin bucket. Ooh, and Vicky in September. Oh, great. Oh, brilliant. Well, this is great. Completed two loops of local mountains in preparation for my coming three-day trek in the Alps. Mark, you're a... You're like Bear Grylls for Macmillan Cancer Support. What a lovely thing to do. Where can I donate? I think, have I? I don't know. I will. And sorted tickets for some upcoming comedy gigs. Always good for the soul. Well, you're absolutely right, Mark. Live comedy is best, isn't it? Stop watching all the same people on the telly. Come to live comedy. Unless I ever get on the telly and then I'll be thrilled. But... That's very unlikely at this present stage because I'm in my pyjamas festering in my own stench with my tits on my desk. But the best bit of this was seeing two pigeons fighting over half a sausage roll. Might not sound too funny, but it was like watching a, a kung fu movie in a carry-on film. I bloody love that. I bloody love that. I once saw a pigeon fly into the forehead. <laughs> Sorry. I once saw a pigeon fly into the head of a lady she was uh, on a coach trip uh, there was a coach trip of lots of I think they were maybe Chinese people and this pigeon took off mis misguided on its takeoff went smack straight into the forehead of this lady while she was taking pictures um, of a shop which was a bit weird but it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life 
roll. And I also saw a friend of mine uh, lob a very burnt, dry, hard sausage at a seagull that was annoying him on his roof. Knocked him clear off. It was fucking brilliant. I mean, I don't advocate harm to animals, but that was hilarious. Anyway, keep up the good work and hope you have a good week yourself. Well, Mark, thank you. Regards to you and the GC. Well, isn't that lovely? And he's given me his address for his present. Well, Mark, thank you. You just bloody wait till you receive it. You are going to be in heaven. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't promise that. Um, you might look at what, what I produce and go, what the hell is that? Which, to be fair, you know, you might do. Oh, my God. How long have I been wanking on? I'm so sorry. Um, now then, what's to come in the week? Uh, I'm having a look at my phone. Well, God, we're getting into September. That is depressing, isn't it? And the nights are going to start drawing in. And before you know it, it'll be the wedding, which um, isn't until at some point next year. But, you know, one keeps going on with the bunting. Just get it ready, Louise. Just have your panic dreams about the hair. Just have your panic dreams about everything else. Oh, panic dreams. I've ever told you about the time I dreamt about my mum and a horse that spunk in her hair. Anyway, maybe that's for another time. Great days. Well, look, you lot, thanks for listening. I love getting your emails. I know a lot of you have been on holiday because I've had a few messages saying randomly, I can't email you this week because I'm on holiday. Well, you just did. But thank you for that. I like to be blessed of your situations. Um, whatever you're doing, for a, have a lovely week. And please email me uh, your what you're up to. Doesn't matter whether it's good, bad, ugly, indifferent. I want to hear from you. Email me on info at lukeonran.com. And as I said, early if you want to join the patreon www.patreon.com forward slash luke on comedian but absolutely you do not have to do that um you're not obliged to do that you're not obliged to do anything in life all right unless you are in which case you should listen you lot you're bloody lovely uh keep up the good work have a marvelous week and i'll speak to you very soon thank you